Are you tired of after the football season with nothing to do, going on DraftKings or going on sportsbet.com and making bets on games of weird sports and that kind of stuff? Are you tired of fantasy baseball having these uh, weird leagues involved where you don't really know how the scoring really works and it's all based off matchups and points and values and that kind of stuff? Well, the One Best Podcast has a fantasy sports app from Yahoo called the Titanium Sombrero. It's a league where we do just points for your total matchups. We eliminate the pitchers. So it's like you're playing fantasy football all year long. It's something that you guys should really go check out uh, check out with. And we'll kick right into the show. One best podcast. Beware, beware, beware the bad cast. Sounds like a, <laughs> sounds like the host just got like a sort of getting a cigarette there. I'm Andrew Karachi alongside Andrew Quimby. So you like that? Does that work for our intro? Huh? Are you getting possessed by a demon? Yeah, <laughs> it works great. <laughs> uh, what do we have in store tonight? Tonight, we are going to be discussing four more episodes of Beware the Batman. Um, episode, wow, I, I was not prepared for this. <laughs> That's 13 good. through 15. We only had an hour of prep time. And we don't even know what the hell we're doing. That's good to know. <laughs> uh, prep, what, prep? We had prep? That's I don't know. Maybe that's what I felt it was. Is, is this is this what we do now? I get that we just we just we just play around. All right, yeah, it is, what it is. The episodes are Fall, Darkness, Reckoning, and Nexus. And we could pretty much so pretty much how they did this was the the first three episodes we're going to talk about we're just going to talk about in a chunk of one because it's pretty much one long episode and then we'll talk about the one after. Do you agree with that? Yes. That's how we should do it. Yes, because okay. yeah, the first three were a big three parter like mid-season finale kind of-esque vibe. Right. Uh, some other news with the pod. Uh, episodes will probably be uploaded on Tuesdays or Wednesdays now going forward, at least until the holidays are over, based off of uh, Store Need. and <laughs> Store Need, I love that crap. And uh, no, based off of uh, work schedules and conflicts and stuff like that. We're actually recording on a Monday this week, so yes. well, holiday so suck. This yeah, so this episode will probably be out sometime Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, I know you're listening to it, and it's like it's already Friday, Andrew. How come it hasn't been uploaded yet? You sit in your podcast, you'd upload it three days ago, and now I just sound like a insane person. But <laughs> but anyway, so we'll get into the analytics, which is always Andrew's favorite part of the show. Yes, let's find out if we've completely wiped out your baseball podcast off the map yet. Okay, so last week's episode, which was uh, Control, Sacrifice, Instinct, and Attraction, I actually put the titles of the episodes in the podcast now, which is, I thought, a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know the title could 12, be that long, but okay. 12, uh, we had 12 plays. 
Now, keep in mind, this episode didn't get uploaded till Friday, I want to say, or Thursday night. So, like, and it was... It's, uh, currently, it's currently Monday, so it's been up for two-ish days at this point. Two and a right. half days. Which uh, means next week, episode, it might, our numbers are probably going to be really good because it's had, like, a week and a half of time to build up. Maybe. It depends on when we upload again. Because I think I we're gonna know. be, I think we're gonna be recording probably on Mondays, at least until Christmas, if we can make it work or sometime. Yeah. I won't be able to, I won't be able to record on uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or Thursdays. Like those days aren't gonna be, most likely not available. Yeah. With the, with the we'll twelve hour out. shifts. But yeah, um, <laughs> that's stuff that people don't really care about. But we'll. Um, yeah. A number one rated podcast is still a three-way tie between Justice League Doom, Public Enemies, and Mask of the Phantasm, all with 50 plays. So that didn't change at all. I'm but, starting um, to question that 50 cap right there. That just seems very odd to me. That they're all at 50? They're all stuck at exactly 50? Yeah. Does Do they and stop then, getting you detailed analytics at 50? Well, the chart goes to 50. It's like a blue line. Does the chart zoom out? No, it's not It's not actually a chart. I mean, I could screenshot it and send it to you, what I'm looking at, but, like... No, it's... it's I was just wondering, maybe the, maybe the whatever, the app you're using, whatever, maybe they only go up to, like, they only do individual up to 50, and then they just show you, like, every 50 or something like that? It could be. But I don't know. Pretty much, pretty much, it's uh, and then forty-seven for Mister Freeze Sub Zero, and forty-seven for uh, Mystery of the Batwoman. If those, if those, both of those cap out at fifty, then we know something's up. Right, and I, I don't know. Maybe we. I would assume they're either. I don't even. Know, you think these numbers are real? Or you think they're made up? Yeah, I'm sure they're. Probably semi-legitimate. They seem like they make okay. sense most of the time. Other than them capping out at 50. Uh, anything? Any any emails we got? Probably not. Did you check? I did not check. See, this, these are the things you should remind me of, like, before. Well, these <laughs> the are the things stuff. I forget about until the, until the moment of... I genuinely forgot that we had an email until you just said it just now. Well, if you want to email the show, how do you email the show, Andrew? It's, it's the one best podcast at gmail.com. It is the one best podcast at gmail.com. Yep, that goes directly to Andrew um, or Andrew, and they uh, will read your email right here on the one best podcast true story you still trying to get into that email or you gave up on it i'm logging in right now okay i i don't think we're gonna have anything maybe something from yahoo.com but (laughs) it's like some fantasy sports app that would be like yeah that would be we start getting spam in this email somehow Somebody just subscribed <laughs> us to like some terrible mailing list. Right. 
You can also contact the show through um, uh, Batcast Weekly on Facebook. You just search Batcast Weekly. Um, Pinfall Wrap Up, which is an o- older brand of One Best Podcast, or Two On, Two Out. Those are the three shows that One Best Podcast produces. Anyways, I don't know. This isn't going to work. Anyways, carrying on. So, I, I don't with that. What is. Jesus. <laughs> That's good to know. It's it's. I set it up on my desktop, and it's saved on the desktop. Okay. You don't remember Let's what you put to... down for a password. You just made it last week. I know, and I've tried every password I usually do, and it's not working, so I don't know. Okay then. Anyways, I guess let's get in. Let's get into the. Let's dive deep into these episodes. So the first yes. was a three-part, a three-part episode carrying on from the uh, League of Assassins. What did you think of this? This this whole yeah this whole three-parter thing was amazing. Like, it had. Uh, it just had everything. There was so much going on. You had so much action. They jammed in a ton of backstory. It was all super interesting. Like, I I can I can't even really think of any like bad parts of these. It was just all Man, really solid stuff. It's all stuff that you would want from a Batman show. It almost like I said, you almost forget you're watching an animated show. Mm-hmm. By the Very by, the storytelling, so. like you get into the characters, and you're—I was hooked to my seat, and it's a cartoon. I mean, essentially, it's an animated show, and you're hooked to it because, like, like we were talking earlier, like, um, they find ways to kill characters off without killing characters off, without actually murdering them. But the the way they use the Soul Taker sword is—it's amazing the way they do it. Yeah, because they it's if they they're taking people's soul, but technically they're not actually killing them. They're just a zombie husk at that point, I guess. I don't know, but they're basically dead. And this is a kids show, and they managed to put death into a kids show without calling it death, basically, and giving it meaning. And, and actually, yeah, like the the first one they did was the um, scientist, the uh, Burr, whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, they had him, and who was still he ended up be, betraying them and giving the cortex to the League of Assassins, which is how this entire thing started. And then they just killed him. They just willy nilly like Lady Shiva just sucked his soul out, and all of a sudden he was just dead. Just like they've built this character up for like five episodes. Probably more because he's been in like a little in, in a little bunch of episodes. He's been just as like like almost as like Katana's like love interest almost. Like they've given right. this character so much screen time more than any other random side character, and they just killed him off like a, without a second thought. And he's a very likable character too, really relatable. Yeah, he was he. I really liked him, and I almost thought I almost thought in like. Towards the end, they release all the souls from the Soul Taker sword. A part of me yeah. almost thought he was going to come back, but he didn't. Like I thought, I almost thought for a second they're like, "Oh man, they're going to undo this. They're going to undo it just so everything can be okay at the end." But they didn't. Right. He's just dead. <laughs> like 
It's yeah. It actually it, when that equivalent, when that happened equivalent it, it blew to me dead. away. Yeah. Yep. And just like, like act- even yeah. even Silver Monkey, you know, he took he took a death scene too with this with the with the Soul Taker mm-hmm. sword, and that was yeah, kind of nonchalant done. He was killed. Oh yeah, off he screen. was actually yeah he was the yeah he was the main villain of two episodes like two full episodes he was the main bad guy and yep. yeah they killed him off screen they didn't even and, uh, yeah yeah we never even got to see his fight with lady shiva which was they were building that up to like an epic battle and she just dominated i guess we don't know she clearly know. won she didn't look but beat up he, so obviously it wasn't too much of a problem for her right and then he also had, um, so like, well, Silver Monkey was locked up with Batman still, and they used each other to escape, essentially. And mm-hmm. they decided they were going to just part. They were going to part ways. But then Monkey came back to help Batman. Which was, I actually wasn't expecting that. I assumed that Silver Monkey was going to escape, and he was going to be back some other time. He was going to be See, a future I episode. Was, I thought he was going to escape come back to think like he's going to help Batman, but then turn on him and join back with the assassins mm-hmm. to like get back in the good graces of Lady Shiva. And then they were going to kill him a, anyways. A part of me almost thought he was going to like escape and like, I don't know, do something outside to like, because at this point, we knew Gordon and Barbara were out there, right? This yeah. was after that. Yeah, yeah I feel this like was I before almost, they were they weren't in the they weren't in the building yet. I don't think mm-hmm. they were part of me almost thought Batman yeah. Part escaped, of me almost yeah. thought he was going to like escape and then like maybe help them a little bit and be like just like help them beat up the assassins or whatever so they could do their thing. But I don't know. Like because yeah, when because when Batman yeah. when Batman escaped, he. He like shut something down with the computer, or he did something, and then he left. Uh, he he left the area because while well, Katana and Alfred were already breaking into the area, they kind of like they just missed each other. And then he was yeah. back on the streets, and he heard Gordon calling or uh, Barbara calling out for help on the radio or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, so that, that was. That actually annoyed me a little bit because I'm like, come on now. They like missed each other by like so they were so close to each other and they just like missed each other. Yeah. And then let's what about the Alfred and Tatsu storyline? Like how he accidentally killed um Tatsu's father. Like they oh, were hinting yeah, at like that. that was Yeah, that was crazy where yeah, Tatsu's father was Basically blackmailed by Rosal Ghoul to kill Alfred. And like and the one quote, there was a, a quote in there that was really good. So um, um, they were talking about the whole death thing, and then Alfred said, "I had no choice." And Katana quoted Batman and said, "There's always a choice." Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, that was so good there. But it's like she's deciding that she's siding with Batman because she's against death all of a sudden and are killing people. And she said, there's always a choice. Mm-hmm. 
So I thought that was, I thought that was really really good. That was good writing. It was just mm-hmm. how they used a quote that Batman said to her back, like in what the third episode or second episode. Yeah, pretty far back. It's just uh, a lot a lot going on there. Uh, clearly, they were going to go. She, Alfred showed up to get Katana out of there originally after Batman was taken captive. And she was already pissed at him because she's like, you, can't, you don't leave a man behind. And he was like saying, I think he knew that Batman would be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he, the, when they bailed out, he was like, he did it knowing full well that like Batman always finds a way. And he obviously, yeah, he, and Razel Ghoul even said, he's like, no, I want him alive. So obviously they weren't going to just like kill him outright. Right. So he knew he was pretty much assured that he wasn't going to get killed and he was going to have a chance to escape. So I don't know. But that fight with, um, with Batman and Raish in the, fir- the first fight they had, did it really, it re- you know what it reminded me of? The fight mm-hmm. between uh, Oliver and uh, Ra's al Ghul, the, the shirtless duel they had with the swords. Okay. Where it was pretty much one-sided, and the uh, Ra's al Ghul was pretty much just kind of taunting him the whole fight. Almost like trying to see what skill sets he ever has. I almost, I almost felt like it was when, when they, well, a couple episodes ago when they showed us when they showed us Katana and Batman training and he was just like criticizing her and just completely shutting her yeah. down and she never stood a chance and they were fighting. It yep. almost felt like that, except Batman was the untrained one. Right. And it, Oh, that's exactly how it is. Like to Ra's al Ghul, Batman is the apprentice or uh, like untrained thing, or whatever. And he did do that pitch several times when he's like, come on, join me. Yep. That's like, he could have, under Ra's al Ghul, Batman be, could become a terrifying weapon of power. Like, like raising Batman up to a Ra's al Ghul level, like, oof. Right. Things could get terrifying well, there real quick. Oh, and the way they make Ra's al Ghul in this show, he he seems like he is pretty much in a hand-to-hand combat, completely untouchable. And they like they even did kind of something similar to what they did in the Dark Knight Rises with like the um, him acting as like when Bane was acting as an eco terrorist and was taking out political leaders, uh, Rachel Gould did that too. When they were rans- ransoming off the city for a certain amount of perks and money, and then one guy like the the police commissioner said like I'm not going to give hand over my city to some guy in a bathrobe, and he got taken off the he got taken off the screen. Assumingly he's dead, and um, because because uh, Lieutenant Gordon became commissioner at the end of the episode. Yep. It was... It's just... Or you find out at the beginning of the next episode, but yeah. Um, it was... That was very... I found that very... It's like, oh, we set up the calls with the, the leaders or whatever, and it was them sitting at desks with two assassins clearly standing behind them. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, this isn't really a, like, a equal conversation here. This is a, you're listening to what I'm saying and agreeing or you're dead kind of conversation, which is basically what it was. And he said the that. commissioner he said refused. This is not a, he said this is not a negotiation. Mm-hmm. These, this is what's going to happen, or these are demands. This is what's going to happen. You can either play along or step aside. And if you step yep. aside, obviously you're going to be dead. But you either play along or you play along. Mm-hmm. 
That was, it, yeah, because that was very like interesting. So he's like, yeah, I've decided that you are going to be the base of our operations here. So you're going to be our first, like, puppet city. And so the plan was just to, like, puppetize the entire world, I guess, which is very all based out of this Gotham power plant. Right. Which seemed like a very vulnerable place for them to base themselves. I also, I'm like, I found it amusing. So, like, they've got this brand new technology, like, state of the art, never been used before. He finished it, like, yesterday. Goes to the power plant, just plugs it in. (laughs) Boom! Control the entire network after five seconds. Like, what? Really? Like, just plug and play at the power plant? Uh, speaking, Speaking of a little bit of the electronic parts of it, um... In the beginning of the episode, Batman said something to the computer, and the computer like backsassed him. I can't. It's been a couple days since I saw it, but I think he said like I heard that Batman, and I'm like, I can't believe he programs this computer to be sarcastic and angry. Like the computer has like a mind. You are really obsessed with this computer. Well, it just it's something that Batman wouldn't do. Like it's that's why it's, it's something he would do, but it's kind of funny at the same time. Like. If you think about it, you're. I feel you're like the, you, comput- right? the computer isn't Would just you? a computer, though. I feel like the computer is like an AI. Right, but he created it. So, like, what? Like, did I've he? never seen. Yeah, or did he, he made it. I, I, you sh- I, I figured it would just be. See, I the way he does things is he has smart people make things at Wayne Industries, and then he retools them and uses them as Batman. Well, the so I feel like that was probably. That he cr- well, I'm basing it off of how it's used. I'm using it in comparison to how it's used in the animated series based off of the what he's using in this. This is much more technologically sound. In the animated series, the computer was used as a research tool. He didn't talk mm-hmm. to it. He would, like, type things in, and he would get results. Like, it was more used as an informational, like, encyclopedia to how he would look things up, and he'd cross-reference yeah. things, and... I mean, you've seen how his back computer works. This back computer is almost like Gideon from, like, um, the Legends show. Like, it's almost like that. Exactly. Like it, it's, it, it's an artificial intelligence that's, like, made to, I don't know. I assumed it was just some sort of, like, repurposed technology that someone invented. And he was right. like, you know what? This would be useful to do some of the heavy brain lifting here for arbitrary I, I just, digging through books. I just feel like, I, I feel like, like, why would Batman... Have a computer that backsasses them. I just find that I, I always find that amusing. That of why course he Bat- think a, why would Batman have a butler that backsasses him? Well, because the butler's at least human. Because he knows he needs pushback, even if it's from a computer. Okay, fair. <laughs> if the computer has backsass built in, it's because he knows he needs some backsass in his life. I feel like that's why he likes Katana, too, is because he gets pushback from Katana. Yep. He, he needs to be challenged. If he's not being challenged, then what is then he's just there's nothing to prevent him from going dark, basically. If no one ever questions what he's doing, then he oh, just we also, away. we also got a reference of Batman doesn't eat normal food again. We saw that again. Yeah, all he does is drink food. 
Yeah. When Alfred goes around, he goes, will you be eating solid food today? And he just grabs the thing. And then it was funny. He does Katana does the same thing. She just grabs the blended food or whatever. And he's like, uh-huh. like why do I even bother to cook? Right. Because <laughs> nobody's eating in that mm-hmm. house. Yep. Which we never really talked about this, but how do you like Wayne Manor just in general? Like the way it's designed and everything. I like it. It's, it's, it seems like it's 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 the most practical Wayne Manor I've ever seen that looks like okay this would actually probably be like a house that's actually like livable. Right. Because like, usually when you see them they're just like ridiculously they're just ridiculous monstrosities that are basically giant props for Batman to play Bruce Wayne in. But this actually like this version of it actually looks like a house that was actually like lived in. Kind right. of thing. Like you actually, kinda, it's actually got like a kitchen and it's actually got like rooms that look like normal rooms and not like cathedrals, but it does have like, I don't know. It just seems like a very real house. What do you feel? I, you know, I kind of feel the same way, but like the one thing I actually want to, cause it does have that video game feel to it. And I kind of just want a game where I can explore this mansion a little bit. Like, I want to yeah. control one of the characters and, like, turn Beware the Batman almost into a video game. Make it almost like... Have you ever played Batman Vengeance? I know the answer to that. No. But, like, um, it, Batman Vengeance is, like, the only... It's the most updated game of the animated series. Like, of that universe. It came out in like oh four oh five. Okay. So I would I would like a Beware the Batman game that plays similar to that style, where it's not as it's not as like I don't want it to be like the Arkham games because they they got like a, a weird play style to it. I kind of want it to almost be like an adventure game more than a beat 'em up game. If you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Almost like kind of a platform fighting style, like a lot of yeah. different things you can do in it. And mm-hmm. I just feel I want to just have a an opening an opening thing where you could literally explore the mansion as Bruce Wayne or whoever. Yeah. Before you go to your next mission, I just I want to explore this city. The city looks cool. Mm-hmm. I think they did a, the way they animated. I think they did a good job with it. Yeah, like. As time goes on, this, this animation is actually growing on me. Uh-huh. And I'm beginning to like it more and more. Yeah. Same here. Like, the my problems with it are still there. But I've accepted that the, the, the positives from it are way more than the negatives from this. Right. You could, and just, you could nitpick uh, any show that you'd want to nitpick. But if... Uh, if there's more good stuff going on than bad stuff, then clearly you're going to, you're going to fixate on the stuff you like about the show. And mm-hmm. that, with that said, I am a Batman fan. I like the character Batman. I like everything about it. And when it's done right, it, it makes me happy. So like, I feel like beware the Batman to me is a true successor to Batman, the animated series. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had something like that. Yeah. It's just, and it's just, I don't know if it's because the way it was, like watching it, like sometimes like when you're watching a show, whatever, like 
somebody will do something and you'll clearly look at it and be like, come on, that's ridiculous. Like, that's not even possible. Like, like this show, well, you, there's a few things occasionally, just like physics-wise, but in general, like, everything, this show feels very grounded. It's a very grounded, yeah. like, everything seems like, yeah, this is doable. Like, this is, like, people aren't doing, like, absurd, ridiculous things. Other uh-huh. than obviously you have people who have observed ridiculous powers like the human torch and supersonic frogman. <laughs> Toad. <laughs> yeah. Like he's he's vaguely overpowered for a minor no like nobody nobody like he's out of nowhere and he can just like supersonic scream anyone and just throw someone across the city. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like he'd be more of a Flash villain than a Batman villain. Yeah, he just but, seems... I don't know. Yeah. He just doesn't, he doesn't but, seem like he's the smartest in the world. Well, even even the villains in this show, they're all, for the most part, they're not... They all have a purpose for the most part. I mean, there's a few I have issues with. Like, I know you're a Scyther fan, and I thought Scyther was something with the League of Assassins, but I guess he was completely independent from it, I guess, now, right? Yeah, he was, He was like, I feel like he was an independent contractor. Right, but I felt like he was working for the League, but I don't think he was. I feel like they the act, League they acted probably like, put a, I don't know. Al Ghul acted like he didn't know who he was. Also, Al Ghul, like, Ra's al Ghul has only been awake for, like... Right, a short he knows amount of time everything. Just, that was like pre- he knows, every, he knows his everything. Management so like, right, but I mean, he knows everything. So you would think that uh, he would know who's working for him and who isn't. So like, I feel like it was more like they put a bounty out to people, and Cipher was like, ah, "I'll take up this bounty." So there wasn't any like direct contact with Cipher, but he was okay. like working. That's that's kind of I I don't know. That's kind of how I took it. Or and like had, he was just, or he was just a, he saw that the assassins tried to steal it and failed, and he was like, ah, maybe there's an opportunity here. If I steal it, I could sell it to the assassins. And he was just like entrepreneurialing himself, trying to make good with the assassins. So the 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 assassins, they have the the iron cortex, and they have to hack it, and they don't have anyone in the police station that's willing to hack it because they're all in hiding. So Barbara Gordon. Played by Tara Strong, by the way. I looked it up. She, um, who also plays her in the animated series, by the way. And she also plays Harley Quinn in the animated series. But mm-hmm. she, um, she obviously is a computer hacker, apparently. And uh, she decides that she's going to hack it. And she's going to hack it with Jim, with uh, her dad's approval or not. And then finally, he kind of just gives in after she tries to escape with the fucking van, which is amazing. And uh, he decides to work with her and steal police property to, you know, hack into the system to try to prevent it mm-hmm. from going off. And then Batman gave her all the information that she needed. And did you yeah, catch the password? His... Did you catch the Oracle? password? To... Yeah, it was Oracle. Oracle. Which is her name. Uh, that's uh, Barbara Gordon's name after she is wheelchaired. Oh, because I she's Batgirl that. for a while, and then after Joker shot her in the hip and paralyzed her, she was working exclusively out of the Batcave as just Oracle. Huh. 
I wasn't aware of these things. Uh huh. So that's the, interesting. Was nice... I was wondering about that because I felt like it should have meant something, and I'm like, I don't know if I missed something or somewhere. Like I thought it was supposed to like it seemed like it should have meant something because they gave it a, like they made sure you saw it and it, like, they gave it impact. Right. But then I didn't they, actually. Yeah, that was a Easter egg for the for the hardcore fans. Hmm. So that was pretty cool. Interesting. So okay, like random side thing. How did you feel about Ross Ghoul as like his voice and everything like that? Uh, you know, it it's it's played by a um an African American voice actor. I actually mm-hmm. liked it. I liked it. At first, okay. it was a little different, but I actually did start to kind of like it for a while because it was like, yeah, this works. I mean, I'm not sure what, because I know he kind of has more of the English accent and the other variations of him. And this one was kind of like a African-American English style to it, but not quite. It was almost Americanized, which it worked because the character was so good that the, the, the vo- I'll say the voice came off very intimidating and very sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the voice. Okay, it threw me off so much, though, because I know that actor. Like, um, what was the show? I think Fringe, I want to say. He was a yes. like, character in that. I watched a ton of that show, which I don't think yes. I ever finished that show. And then in John Wick, the all three of the John Wick movies, he's in those. So the second he started talking, I instantly knew who it was. And it instantly threw yep. me off a little bit because I knew exactly who the voice actor was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. Like to me, I was, um, I was fine with it and I felt like it, it almost, I wanted it to be different than what we got from the animated series because, um, then, then my expectations are the animated series. Yeah. Cause I think the guy who plays him in the animated series, I think he's dead. I don't think he's okay. alive anymore. Because um, he he was an older guy when he did it. So and you and you you like comparing the show to the animated the the anime, original animated series a lot. Like I yes. I would say if I was making this show, I would, and knowing that the animated series exists, I would try to do everything I can within reason to not make it the same as that. Because you want it which to be different. That's what they've been. That's what they've been doing. Yeah, that's what they've done. So like them choosing like a different voice actor, a different even type of voice actor, like giving him a different like tone and everything. Like like I get it and I like and I appreciate it. Whatever. Like you if you're if you're tr- you, this is this was obviously them trying. They're trying to launch another Batman series with this season, which obviously failed unfortunately. But they so they were definitely. They, I feel like they definitely did everything they could to try to make themselves not just riding the coattails of the original animated series, which is also why I'm pretty sure it failed because everyone just wanted this show to be an extension of the animated series. Yeah. I think they saw the, uh, the complaints I always, I mean, I think one of these shows we should read the reviews of it, like mm-hmm. the negative reviews and see what people, maybe, most maybe, people bitched about the animation. Maybe like after we finish this, we'll have a, because I think we only have, what, three episodes for the final one. Maybe we'll take some time and go through some reviews and do our full series 
evaluation right. of it. Absolutely. Um, so then we had um, them breaking into the uh, back into Rachel Ghoul's lair, um, the uh, Gordon and Barbara Gordon. Sorry. Oh yeah, for, Jim just, Gordon and just throwing this out there. So, like I said, this was supposed to be their headquarters for the world domination using the power grid. How many times was this place broken into in this in this three episodes alone? Like, <laughs> well, I Batman say, like, and Katana. Five or six let's, let's times. Go let's go over it. Okay, let's go Batman over it. Batman and Katana broke. Batman and Katana broke in. Then uh-huh. uh, Alfred and Katana. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Gordon and uh, Gordon and Gordon. And then Batman and Tobias Whale. Mm-hmm. So what, five? That's what, four? I think that's four. Okay. Right. So four times in a span of maybe two days. Yeah. This is... I feel like this is not a secure place for them to be holding their base. <laughs> I'd say it's pretty I, accurate. I I did kind of appreciate it though because like every time they rebroke in there there was less and less guards. So there must have been some <laughs> yeah. some some wing of this place that was just full of like a couple hundred like beat up assassins that were all just like in recovery beds. They just had like an entire wing of the electric facility that's just covered in like people all unconscious and beat up and everything like that because of just every right. time they broke in they just knocked out and beat the crap out of a couple dozen more of the assassins people. And they just threw them all in a room somewhere and be like, ah, you guys can recover over there. Cause they just, every, it, it, cause it seemed like every time they broke in, there was less and less resistance. Right. Because like the first time when they first attacked, there was what, like they had that long tunnel that was just full of dozens and dozens and dozens of people standing around. And they just had like a dozen RPG people on the hills, just firing at Batman and everything like that. Like the first time they broke in there, they were fortified up the wazoo. Right. I, I did like that. uh, Jim and Barbara, when they were in the, uh, the thing and Gordon's like it's not. We're not going to be much useful when they when they kill eventually kill us. And Barbara's like, oh, they're not going to kill us. They're just going to capture us. <laughs> yeah. Gonna... When they're breaking, they're like, what are we going to? They're going to find us. And she goes, they're not going to kill us. They're just going to capture us. It just pointed out the entire like. They they for the League of Assassins they don't do much killing. Because <laughs> they're obviously. Assassinating. Yeah, for they 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 do a lot of flashy sword fighting and everything like that, but like. All they do is, every time, they just capture people. They just capture them and drag them to their leaders. Like, it's a very flawed system. Like, what (laughs) happens if the leader's busy or not in the building? Do they just, like, drag them and be like, um, where are we supposed to bring the prisoners if we can't bring them directly to our leaders? So do you think, now, this is a, this, do you think when Rachel Ghoul gave out the orders to have Batman return dead or alive, do you think that he knew that Batman was going to show back up uh, alive? Do you think he was slightly surprised, or did, do you think he knew that was going to happen? Um, he acted know, he surprised, he like, but he, I have a fe- yeah, he acted surprised. I I think he expected him because he he beat him in a fight, and he was obviously like, all right, 
his this was a good challenge, but he's obviously he sent like was five or was a five or six of the like very powerful people after him. Like relatively speaking, like Batman's lucky he got out of it. He could have easily not got out of that. Right. And like yeah, I don't think yeah, he probably he probably genuinely expected him to like like most of those people had a very good reason to want him dead. Tobias Whale, the only reason Tobias Whale even kept him alive was because that was the easiest way to get him there. Which was a great that was a great maneuver. Tobias Whale goes he goes, Yeah, like I'll I'll sneak you in because I don't want him running the city. And so Batman goes, Okay. So Batman and him sneak in and then Batman breaks out of his cuffs to like double cross him and Tobias Whale like steps over by Ra's al Ghul and is like Nah, man, I'm betting, man. I go with the I go with the best odds or whatever. So Tobias Whale used the fact that Batman wanted to be there as a lure to get him there to then turn him over to Ra's al Ghul, which right. Batman knew because Batman then turned on Tobias Whale and blew up his grappling gun. So he knew it was coming. So it's like they both used each other to get there and then double-crossed each other once they got there. It was a very <laughs> double, double crossy thing between the two act two of them, which I found I found that great. Yep. And then you had um, the the rematch fight, and they were like saying that Batman wasn't even like Katana's like he's not even trying, like none of them. They just like was well, something was up with him. I think it was a Gordon, not Gordon. Uh, it was uh, Alfred who said no, he's stalling. Yep. Because Which, well, yeah, he, was, he was stalling because he was it's like if they're distracted if if Ra's al Ghul is distracted sitting there fighting him he's not worrying about somebody hacking into the cortex because he right. knew that he, he was a big picture and he knew the big he had his plan in place and he trusted he trusted Gordon would get the plan done Gordon and Barbara would get the plan done and it 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 worked out. So yeah, he like so he 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 stalled and he took the beating just so he could get the plan done. Yeah, yeah smarted Raish. Yep. He then and he's like, yeah, there's no way you can beat me. And he's like, he's like, ah, I I can't beat you, whatever. And then he what he released the souls, all the souls inside inside the Soul Taker sword. Gave up all that valuable pizza he could have made. And just, <laughs> released all those souls who then went and attacked Ra's al Ghul and dragged him down the elevator shaft? Something like that, yeah. Question uh, mark? Assuming. Yeah, I think he said something like, I might not be able to beat you, but an army of people that you've uh, beaten in the past, I'm sure they'd want to. Yep. Because he, he, he deciphered the ancient language. Or the computer Which did. He was, and doing, it to his suit. he was doing that. He was doing that in the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. That's what the whole computer thing was about when he was arguing yep. with the computer. Yep. So that so that happened, and then you had um, so Rachel Gould gets taken down the elevator shaft, and did we miss any key points in this thing? Um. I think we pretty well covered it. I think so too. I feel like we're missing something. 
but oh well. Uh, so I guess the Soul Taker sword does not um, doesn't officially kill you. However, I think what happens is once your souls are released, you can go to heaven. So I think that's where Tatsu's dad went at the end. I, I guess when he just did like a big fireworky explosion. Uh huh. That was interesting. So I would assume that. So they're dead. They're just their souls are not trapped. If you believe mm-hmm. in souls, but yeah, I guess in this show the souls exist. Um, yeah, and then very, Alfred leaves. Alfred leaves at the end of the episode. That's right. Alfred just gets up and leaves. Doesn't really yeah, explain like, where he's he, going. He just said, "Yeah, he's got a lot. He's done a lot of things, and this has made him realize he has to go make up for some of the bad things he's done. So fix some of his mistakes. So he's just uh-huh. going to go off and unmurder people." <laughs> Because I assume he did a lot of murdering as a secret CIA agent. Or not, Spy, not yeah. MI6. He was MI6, right? Yeah, that's right. That sounds right. Yeah. That's the British CIA. Yeah. So I don't know. How, how, do you, how do you make up for that? Like, he did a lot of sneaky stuff and probably double-crossed and murdered a lot of people and did a lot of shady stuff. How do you go about that and be like, hey, remember that time 20-odd years ago? When I, I killed you, I'm from sorry. You and killed all your family and robbed you for my government. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> here's a here's a pass to Planet Fitness. That's all I got. We'll see you next year. Mm-hmm. Here's a gift certificate to Arby's, where you can listen to the One Pass podcast live from the Arby's bathroom in the handicap stall. You really do like no. your Arby's, don't you? <laughs> I do like Arby's. <laughs> oh, I haven't been you don't to Arby's. Like Arby's? So long. I yeah, it's fine. Oh. I just I haven't been there in so long. I love Arby's. It's it's been a while, but I love Arby's. Mm. It's like one of the rare fast food places that I probably could eat every day. Damn. Okay. Oh. But um. With that said, we'll move into our next episode. It kicks off with uh, six months later. Gordon has now become the commissioner. Harvey Dent is now being introduced. And we start off with Batman and Katana doing some excessive training to the point where uh, Katana uh, doesn't want to train right at this moment because she's tired and hungry. And Batman says there's no time for that, so he just trains by himself almost like obsessively mm-hmm. like you can tell he's just getting angry now yeah and he's almost and losing like, himself yeah he's certain it really shows that apparently alfred really is important because he's purpose. definitely yeah and yeah so there was a what bombing at the mayor's office yeah that turned out was one of batman's batarangs yeah. Was the explosive. Because so it looked like someone was someone was trying to frame Batman, so Harvey Dent, who's anti vigilante, anti caped people, was trying to get push Batman to get arrested. And what is so so what is, what did Batman do? He's just he just went out he just was like, you know what, I'm just gonna do this. They want me to frame me for something, then I'll give him something to frame and they just kidnapped Harvey Dent. 
Right. He just on camera. knocked him out. Yeah, just he's in a parking garage, just kidnapped him straight up on camera, just knocked him unconscious, like battering him unconscious, whatever he did, and then just dragged him away all blatant, blatantly on camera. And Katana's like, what the heck? Like, he just went off the deep end. This was, this was, this was like perfect evidence that, yeah, this he's pushing the line at this point. And so mm-hmm. he just kidnapped him because he's like, ah, this is the easiest way to make whoever is trying to frame me to come out of the woodwork. But like, okay, it was, I'm, I'm just saying, it was a pretty reckless. Pl- it was a pretty reckless plan. If it was, it and it was, it was anarchy. If it was anyone but anarchy, if, if anything, anarchy should, still shouldn't have showed up. If right. you're trying to frame Batman. Why would you then show up? He just implicated himself in an even worse crime. He's right, literally like sitting there in the warehouse. In, if instead of Anarchy showing up and like doing his confront, confronting Batman or whatever, he should have just called the police and told them where they were. Yep. That would have now that would have created some anarchy. <laughs> That would have that would have thrown things off. So then Batman would have had to bail out again, and you have clear proof that he is definitely breaking the law now. Yep. And no proof to the counter of that. Like Anarchy actually played this very poorly. I guess he wanted to blow things up, but still, like I feel like this he, could have been he could have caused so much more, more problems. He's He's more focused with creating chaos than he is creating anarchy. We've established mm-hmm. this before. Now, in this episode, I think he indirectly created anarchy, but he essentially wanted to create more chaos than anything else. Mm-hmm. He just so he's just he, got the real the real thing. He's just got an obs- he's basically like an obsessive fan of Batman. I just feel like at yeah. this point. Like, he doesn't care about anything else other than, like, messing with Batman. Like, I feel like he doesn't do anything else other than plot his next Batman interaction. Like, I think he's just <laughs> got a crush. He's just got a crush on Batman. Yeah. He just I mean, wants to hang out with Joker Batman was. all day. Yeah. It's like even back to the first interaction they had with each other, with the bridge, with the, uh, with the bridge cables and everything. And how he's just like, you don't understand what kind of a big deal this is. Why well, I picked you as my enemy. <laughs> you should be honored. And he was like, just talking crap to him. Like, oh, <laughs> getting frustrated. <laughs> like, uh, to be fair, though, who was he going to choose? Katana? I don't know. <laughs> I did like the interaction when, when him and Katana were in the warehouse and he's like, he's like, come on, you can come join me or whatever. He was like trying, he almost like he half tried to recruit her right. to be his sidekick. Just because like, it's like, ah, I, I like that. I like that spunk. And it's just like, that would be, it was just amusing. It's like Batman has a sidekick. Why can't I have one? <laughs> mm-hmm. And he like interacted his chain with her chain, which wasn't a very smart idea, but I get why they did it. Yeah. Yeah, because he put bands on his wrist and her wrist that would set off a bomb if they were too close, if they were too far from each other, and did the same with Batman and Harvey Dent. Um, which is very clever how he he 
was fighting everyone and then did this whole like strategically went to everyone and then was like, ha, you're all tagged now. Like he played that so well to get lock everyone in basically. Yep. Like he's, he was, that was, that was actually very clever. He, he managed to do that. And he like, he went to everyone. He went for Harvey, let dent and got him thing. And like, I'm not quite sure really why he put it on his own wrist. That just seemed like a flaw in his plan. <laughs> Probably so he uh so that well I think the reason he did it was so that when Batman went to the scene he wouldn't have uh Katana as backup because Katana would have to stay with him. Mhm. But that's at that point he could have just like, I think that's he could have just attached the wrist thing to like the pole in the warehouse. Yeah, but then she could have figured out a way to detach it because there would have been nobody there resisting her. Where if um, if it's on anarchy, he's go- she's going to have to have to fight him to get the wrist thing off of him. Yeah, I suppose. And Even again, though Batman had a quite a long time to deactivate it. How okay. the how the bombs were connected to that sit that that site, and when Katana just took off. I'm wondering why did why did Anarchy even chase her? Because he liked the game. If the right, I understand that, but it's like if the whole game was them, it seems kind of a flawed part of his plan again, where his obsession with Batman is why his um, plan didn't work. Like all you had I to do. I feel like if it was so, if she had taken off and set off the wristband, because I think both sets needed to be set off. For it to actually go off, is what it seemed like. It needed to be both sets, not just one set, to set it off. Um, uh, I thought only one. Because it could almost seem like they were under, but the, but they were under the impression that they had the bomb was in the wristband. That's what yeah, they that the all thought. That. Was, yeah. But Which, I guess, if that was true, and Katana took off. That's why Katana and, took and, off. And if he, he didn't follow. And the wristband just turned red and she didn't blow up. She would have just radioed Batman and been like, hey, these things aren't actually a bomb. And I feel like he would have figured out everything a little quicker if he would have had that information. And they would have never, they would have never went to the site. Exactly. So he okay. almost had to chase her to keep the illusion that they were actually bombs. Right. I mean, it was a, Which, it was a pretty interesting plan. I liked it. I actually did like it. It was a, um, it was clever. Because yeah. Batman had no choice but to play along with the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he forced Batman to take a kidnapping victim all the way across town and basically put himself in a place where he had to fight the police. Like, yep. that's, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. Yeah. And so Even where he, like, and then where he, yeah, it's, he ended up setting off the bomb and where I would argue he actually accidentally created some anarchy is because of this bomb and everything that happened, the mayor was basically forced to give Harvey Dent his anti-hero, anti-Cape Crusader, whatever, task force. So she basically, right. because of all this, he, he gave an anti-Batman crazy person a bunch of power, which yep. is definitely a, a cue towards anarchy. 
So I feel like, yeah, he accidentally created a little bit of anarchy in his chaos formula here. Right. And I, like I said, I don't know if that was intentional or not. If it was, I commend him more to it. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I think he was more... Yeah, he had his plan, and Batman derailed his plan, and he was kind of just seemed like he was just playing it by the seat of his pants as he went along. I liked it when Katana showed up to the scene, and Batman's like, where's Anarchy? Oh, he'll be here soon. <laughs> he comes <laughs> flying in with that truck. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Way to blow the cover that he was like... He then basically put himself in front of a dozen witnesses that all was like, hey, I'm involved in this. Right. Well, I, nobody even knows what anarchy even is in that town. So it's like, I think mm-hmm. Batman's the only one who knows who he was. Like when Katana first saw him, Katana had no idea who this anarchy guy was. Yeah. Ba- I think she even said, you two know each other. <laughs> He's like, know him? We're friends. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, yeah, he's definitely, they've created, they've created their Joker without the clownness. Right. Which actually, and I feel not, like it works. Not, it and works not very well. Yeah. He's, it, it, he's it works a little really crazy, well. so but he's get, not psycho. Yeah. So you get, you get that like, um, intelligence, that obsession with Batman, like that dedicated planning, like that, but that like like intelligence. So you get all that without like the absurdity of the clown thing and like insanity and all that, all that stuff. So you like you get some of the high points without a lot of the low points of the Joker. Yeah. So they 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 managed to create because this is obviously their low budget Joker. Which I feel like he works so well. Yeah. Because if you if you take some of these plans that Anarchy has done and you just like gave them a clown paint job, they could be Joker plans. They're pretty close to Joker plans to begin with. It's definitely stuff Joker would do. Uh, e- yep. Even the wristband thing—that's something Joker would do. Mm-hmm. Because Joker would sacrifice. He put himself in harm's way because he doesn't really care. If it, uh, things don't go according to plan because he knows Batman will find a way to prevent everyone from dying to begin with. Yeah. So, Which I feel like that's where there's a difference is Joker knows from the start that his plans are going go to gonna get foiled. And I feel like right. Anarchy has a delusion that his plans will actually work still. Right. But he likes the challenge. Yep. He likes to... Cause he feels like if he if he targeted Gordon, the, this just he'd win. But Batman's a, it's a challenge, and he's yeah. 0 for three against him. So like he, you know, when he comes back again, which I would assume he would, because of he course. hasn't been that that story hasn't been finished yet, and we haven't seen for we haven't seen uh, Metamorpho for a while either. I figured we'd see him back at some point. Oh, I'm sure we will. Stay tuned. All right. I'm sure he's he's yeah. got to be around some he's got to be around at some point here. There's no way they can just leave it at that. Right, unless they were planning on something with him in the second season. Yeah, but I feel like they've got to at least the same with the same with Humpty Dumpty, dude. Like they, he's got to be back again. 
Like they, like, I feel like the way they have this set up, they have to like. I feel like they have it where all these people are getting like two episodes. Pretty much. Like yeah. the, the assassins obviously got more, but like, um, your what's the, wow, Magpie, she got her two episode arc. Like, like it seems like they're originally they're introducing these characters and then they're giving them another episode. It seems like. Is uh are all the villains out again, or did they, did Batman was able to round them all back up? Um, they were all fighting when he walked off in that episode, so I'm gonna assume okay. they're all out again. Oh, okay. we did skip so that picking... part though, didn't we? So in the we're gonna have to backtrack a little bit, I think. So that was part no, of the three. We, we, we roughly we roughly covered it. We roughly covered it. I just want to say that. Like... So he yeah he released all of the villains. So did you? So you were keeping a tally of everyone he's arrested so far. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that mean the tally is now reset because all of them were released? No, because that they were broken out, so that doesn't really count. But I'm when there saying, was the, like, when there was those first two guys with the yeah, those two guys there. that I know they yeah those two guys weren't actually in there. But when they were broken out, did that count as two arrests then? Because no, he because the first out. one. Well, no, no, no. I count the the actual rest. But when he tied them up and left them at the whatever the jewelry store, wherever the hell they were at, <laughs> and Anarchy let them go, that that counts as a failed arrest because the police never actually arrested them. He didn't actually <laughs> like deliver them to the police. Okay. And the police didn't didn't actually arrest him. So that one didn't count. That was a failed arrest because he didn't stay yeah, around to just... make sure they were taken care of. Yeah, but so basically, like all of every all the progress he's made so far has now been undone in like five minutes by Ra's al Ghul. So everyone he's now captured, he gets to recapture in their own individual episode again, I guess. There is one thing interesting with this show. Uh, usually in Batman shows, the villains exist because of Batman, and in this show, it's not necessarily true. Pig and Toad would have existed with a Batman or not. Uh, Magpie mm-hmm. would have existed without a Batman or not. She might not have broken out for the second time if there was no Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I'd argue she probably wouldn't have been caught the first time if it wasn't for Batman. True, true. But if she if she was caught or something like that, she probably wouldn't have broke out. Correct. So yeah. there's um, there's Magpie. She would have existed. Um, Lunkhead. I, I don't even think he's really a villain. I think he's just a I don't know what he is. He is even, just a he's just the man who gets caught in unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Stealing a car, literally holding the car running with down the street with it. Yep. That's one way of stealing it. <laughs> and then what's there's the human torch dude, he was already in a criminal. That has nothing to do with Batman. Yeah, all pretty much. There's no one that's here solely because of Batman, is there? No, Anarchy probably be the closest thing. Yeah, he probably. I th- argue. He'd be around, I'd argue though. Anarchy. Yeah, uh, maybe. I think anarchy. he'd go somewhere else. I think he'd go yeah, somewhere he'd be, else. Yeah, he'd be in like a different city, being someone else's archvillain. Yeah. Like I could see him screwing with like Flash or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He'd have to challenge, he needs to challenge someone with the mind. And he was fascinated by the way how Batman did things. 
He's fascinated by his no-kill code, fascinated by always feels like they, he has to do the right thing. And, and I think it's what, funny, so, like, if he, let's say, okay, let's let's do a hypothetical here. Anarchy and Superman. How do you think that would go? Um, like, how do I, how do I think, how would he do exist you, in that universe? I feel like Anarchy would wipe the floor with Superman. I think so, too. Just, like, joke... He, Pretty much, like, we have to give Anarchy, he's practically Joker with with uh, more martial arts skills. That's what it seems like. But mm-hmm. his mind thinks similar to it, but he's not psychotic. So he doesn't, ran, like, the Joker will shoot someone in the face because in that moment he thinks it's funny. Um, yeah. Anarchy wouldn't do that. Anarchy's mm-hmm. a little bit more meticulous and um, plotty. And he's not, and he's not necessarily violent. He wants to make other people do violent things. Mm-hmm. So, as far as like, um, with him at Superman, I could see him doing something where he gets Superman to do something bad, and he wants yep. he'd probably want to turn the public against him. And I feel like that, yeah, he could build this, like if, if Superman was thrown into a similar situation where he was like framed for something or something like that, I feel like Superman would just walk right into it and he would just, it'd go sideways for him so quickly and he'd end up being like the villain of the city somehow and like, yeah, it could go, oh man, he could play with Superman so much. Yeah, but I feel like Superman would cross the line and then end up killing him, which would spawn off uh, the injustice again. It's literally like Superman. Superman's story ends one of two ways. It either ends with him saving the day and being Superman or turning bad and becoming you know, the, ju- the leader of the Justice Lords, where they end up killing their enemy instead. But it only See, takes him to kill this... one person for that See, or does this whole thing go the other direction where the first time Superman sees him, he just insta-captures him. He just tries to fight back and he just is like, nope, and just like backhands him and grabs him and flies him to prison. And he's just locked up instantly. No, because I, I feel like Anarchy is not going to put himself in a situation that's fail-fail. Like, he's going to be prepared. So, like, he's not just going to go up to Superman's house and try to, like, stab him in his sleep or anything stupid like that. He's going to do his research. Because um, even the thing, the reason why Batman's able to get close to him is because Batman outsmarts him. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, otherwise they, he, wouldn't even, he wouldn't have even really even seen Anarchy other than when Anarchy wants to be seen. Yeah. Okay. That's the, way that I kinda, that's the way I see it. That's yeah, the yeah, way yeah. I see it. Like the only reason why Batman and Anarchy will have conversations with each other is because Anarchy allows it to happen. Now, <laughs> if there's certain times where Batman foils his plans and he shows up, uh, you know, like in that first episode, and that took Anarchy off guard because Batman's smarter than Anarchy just in general. Yeah. So, but but Anarchy would be Neon's above Superman's intelligence level. So, like, 
there's the only way he would have a conversation with Superman is if Anarchy wants to have a conversation with Superman, mm-hmm. knowing exactly how Superman's going to act. And the only yeah. way that the only way I see that playing out in Superman's favor is if Superman turns, you know, kills him and turns to the dark side or turns to the, you know, he completely changes his philosophy of how he's going to quote unquote fight crime. Yeah. Because he's Superman's gonna Superman seems like it's it's easier to get him to snap. Now, take a look at Batman, for example. Look how many bodies been around Batman in his career as Batman. You had uh, a Robin get murdered, you know, practically his son get murdered and Jason Todd by the Joker. Um, he had um, Tim Drake practically brainwashed to become the Joker. Uh, Barbara Gordon getting shot in the hip and being paralyzed for the rest of her life. All these are from the Joker, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> His own back broken by Bane. His city taken over numerous times. And he's never gone and killed these guys. Even if it was probably the right decision. Yeah. Superman, it took one death for him to switch over. Lois Lane. That's all it took. Mm -hmm. Even in the Injustice storyline, they killed Alfred. And Batman still didn't switch over to the other side. He still stayed with the insurgent. Hmm. It cost Alfred his life. Yeah. Because they showed up to his house and Superman murdered Alfred. I think it was Superman or it was Green Lantern. I can't remember. It was one of the other. It was one of them. Damn. So, so the point. No, it was Victor Zaus. They sent him because Batman. That's right. Because Superman gave out. He released Batman's secret identity to the public, not realizing the um, the the what it could create, and because of that, Batman wasn't able to get back to the manor in time. And the villains knew that he was Bruce Wayne, and Victor Zaus got to the manor and killed Alfred, because yeah. Alfred was there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just Batman Alfred, has such a Batman has such a much larger tolerance for people getting murdered, I guess, than yeah, Superman does. Like, man, when you lay it out well, like that, Batman hanging around Batman, Batman is it's deadly. part of the. Batman, it's the job. To him, it's a job. It's the life. He is he is Batman. Superman is Clark Kent. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. Now, some people think it's the other way around, but they're wrong. If you really look at it, that Superman is not Superman. He was Clark Kent first. He grew up in, on Earth. He grew up with a family. These are all things that Bruce didn't have. He grew up with friends, family. Um, had a normal job, a normal life, and then he got powers, and he wanted to help people with those powers. But he's he's Clark Kent first. Yeah. So Clark Kent still wants to live a normal life. Batman would never have a romantic relationship with anyone as Batman because to him that's irresponsible. Because the job comes first. Mm-hmm. He we saw it in Mask of the Phantasm 
where he said that he can't do both. He has to have it one way or the other. He can't do it both ways. He can't put his life on the line every night if there's someone waiting for him to come home. Yep. Which is also, it's it's also a thing that why Superman actually has more humanity than Bruce does because... He does. He does. He has grown up. He's had more of a lice than Bruce has. Bruce, right. he's, like, Bruce has been Batman. That's who he's been basically since his parents died, probably. Like, that's basically yeah. where it started. That's a, where his his humanity died, basically. And yeah, Superman... Humanity died that night. Superman has an entire life. Like, he has never, relatively speaking, Superman has never suffered uh, anything compared to what Batman has suffered. Right. If you're talking about bodies and people, people mm-hmm. love lost and that kind of stuff. But for Superman, yeah. it literally took one person for him to switch over to that side, for him to snap. And Batman yeah. has had many, numerous of friends and families died because of other villains. And those villains are still alive. Mm-hmm. He even said in Under the Red Hood that when Jason Todd was so angry when he came back from the dead because of the, the Lazarus pit, which I'm not a fan of, by the way. I, I don't like yeah. when people come back, but it is what it is. So he comes yeah, back because be the Lazarus pit. Right. He comes back because of the Lazarus. But to be fair, he was dead for over 20 years, like in the, in the comic books. He was gone for, since the 80s, and he came back, I think, in the 2000s. I think that's when Red Hood came out, or maybe late 80s. I can't remember. So he was gone for quite a while. So it wasn't like two days later or something like that. And I think in the storyline, he was Batman for uh, like another six years without Jason Todd or something like that. So anyways, the, um, you know, like Jason Todd even says to him and and under the red hood, that final 20 minutes, that final 15 to 20 minutes of that movie is just a phenomenal seminar just in general, just like, the, the writing of it. It, it, it. And I can't wait to cover that movie and just cover that last scene because that's just great. But like he even says that it, it had nothing to do. I'm not mad at you because you couldn't save me. I understand that's part of the job. I know that there could, there's a possibility that I could die. My biggest problem was when I came back and he opens up the closet and he has Joker tied to a chair and he's like, why is he still alive? He's like, out of all the people he's killed, out of all the graveyards of friends and family members that he put in there, he's like, I don't understand why you couldn't kill him and just get rid of him. It's, it, 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 I'm paraphrasing, of course. And he yeah. even says, like, to, he says to the point where he's like, I, I just, I don't understand. I thought that when he took me away from you, that would be the last straw. So he was almost angry that he wasn't, that important and batman says a line that he said it has nothing to do with me breaking a code it'd be too damned easy for me to kill him not a day goes by that i don't want to subject subject him to every pain he's caused and just finally end him but he said if i do that i can't come back from that yeah he even says a line to Barbara Gordon in The Killing Joke. It's my, probably my, one of my favorite Batman lines. He's like, you're not in it like I am. Like, to you, it's a game. To me, he's like, you haven't walked the abyss. And she's like, the abyss? He's like, yeah, the abyss, where all hope dies. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Batman. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
could be the lead singer of AFI. <laughs> yes. So let's. What would be? What, what do you think would be the? What's the margin of his code? Like, would he be able to take a hit out on someone, or would that break his code? Like, if he got paid to kill somebody. No, like if he like if if like Bruce Wayne was like. Here's a there's a hundred thousand dollar bounty on Joker's head, and some thug guns down Joker. Would that break his code? If Bruce Wayne was the one who put off the bounty? Sure, technically he's the one with the money, technically speaking. Yes, yes, that would that would violate his code, because he's mm. like Bruce Wayne is his uh, secret identity. Bruce Wayne is. Who he pretends to be, Batman is who he is. So yeah. it, when he does stuff as Bruce Wayne, he's doing stuff as Batman. So putting a hit, so that would still technically count as Batman killing yes. someone, even though he didn't directly kill yes, someone. Because, right? Yes, because he, yeah, because he's responsible for that man's death. Mm. He can't. To him, he's. He said it in a Justice League episode, which was really a really good line. He's um, when he joined the Justice Lords, the other the other alternate Batman version. He said uh-huh. he joined the Justice Lords because in this new world, some kid will never lose his parents because of some punk with a gun. Hmm. He said that he never wanted anyone to be put, you know, anyone to lose their parents. So he he won't take a life because of that because that's the that's going to be the one thing that separates him from the people he fights against mm-hmm. that they're willing to kill and he's not he won't because he can be better than that and you're never gonna you're never gonna get trust from the police and stuff like that or from people that if you're going around killing guys because then you're you're straight up vigilante at that point. Yeah, that's what vigilante. That's vigilante justice, where yeah. Batman, Batman looks at himself more of a necessary, uh, almost like a hero, than a, uh, than a vigilante. Like hmm. I said, we, they need to do some more like, um, like Batman coverage in some of these shows where we're getting media coverage of Batman. And people debating whether or not he should exist. Maybe have a talk show of people trying to figure out who Batman is. And they try to, you know, like, like you have Alex Jones talking conspiracies. And he's, you know, talking about who the hell is Batman. And he's, it's Donald Trump. It's this. He's being paid by the president. You know, all this stuff. Yeah. In the, uh, the Dark Knight Returns movie after this is supposed to be like 20 years after the justice league split up or 15 years after the justice league split up superman works for the government now and his boss is ronald reagan <laughs> see so that's, it's like the ronald reagan era that seems like I, I could totally see superman like falling into a government organization and being a like i feel like he almost fits that role well, he was all, it was almost like Red Sun, except it was on the American side. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't the one in charge. He didn't overthrow the president because yeah. he believes in capitalism and shit like that. But like the, mm-hmm. um, the, the thing that was interesting about it is Bruce is 
they made a deal with the government that there'd be no more superheroes except for ones that worked for the government, which was just Superman. During this time, Oliver Queen was still alive. He was an old man, but he lost his arm because of, of fighting against Superman at one point. Superman ripped his arm off. And then uh, Bruce was in retirement. And Jim Gordon was also retiring. It was like his last year, and he was retiring. Him, He also knows who Batman is at this point. And so then when Batman comes back after the city gets taken over by thugs, Batman decides to come back. And then Superman is sent by Ronald Reagan to talk some sense into him to try to get him to stop doing this. And Superman even says, like, you know, you know, when I have my orders, I'm going to have to come and get you. And then Batman says, well, let the best man win then. <laughs> like saying, I'll be, I'm not changing. So when you, they come and get you, when they, he, I think he even said a line like, what happens, who are they going to send to come after you? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this was a good, this is a good Batman discussion. I'm having fun with this today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any, any, any other scenarios you'd like to discuss? Like, where, if Anarchy wasn't in Gotham, where do you think he would be? How about that? Basically, what I think I said that already. I feel think, like, I think, think he would go after. You said Flash. I think Flash. But, I think Flash. I feel like he would, I feel like the way he, I feel like he'd be a solid Flash villain. Do you think he would work as, say, if, uh, say, for example, like Arrow or whatever, like, you know, their seasons they've done? Do you think he would have made a good Arrow villain? Obviously, you would have had to have taken the white costume and shit off of him and probably change him a little bit to humanize it yeah. a little bit so he doesn't look too you'd, cartoony. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to... If you'd have to make him, like, a darker anarchy. But, yeah, I would say... Yeah, I feel like he could have done good in that. He could have been a good... Like, I feel like if he... It would almost have been, like, a... Uh, like where's the what was what was that one dude the the guy that had the magic my brain uh, is Damian Dark. Damian it, Dark. I feel like it would have almost been a Damian Dark esque kind of thing where he was controlling everything, and you never really saw him until like later in the season kind of thing. Yeah. Do you think Which Damian like, Dark is maybe Damian Dark is anarchy? He definitely caused anarchy. Right. A whole lot more than anarchy did. Turn, right. Um, I'd also say he's pretty similar to Diaz, too. But Diaz kind of had a sympathetic backstory, where Damien Dark really doesn't. Damien Dark was a member of the assassin. Damien Dark planning on, like, wiping out the city? I mean, a lot of guys did. Because Rachel Ghoul was going to do the same thing, and so was uh, yeah. um, what's his face from uh, Malcolm Merlin mm-hmm. wanted to do the same thing, and I don't necessarily think Slade wanted to destroy the city. He just wanted to destroy everything that was important to Oliver. It was pure revenge. Man, everyone in Arrow's universe really hates that city. <laughs> yeah, well. Slate didn't hate the city. Slate mm-hmm. had no plans. 
he only wanted to destroy that city because it was going to affect Oliver. Yeah. So if Oliver was living somewhere else, he would have just went wherever Oliver was. I know, but I'm just saying, like, it seems like everyone is just trying to destroy that city. Yes. Well, I mean, that's that's the superhero show. It's the same thing in in Gotham. Someone's always trying to destroy Gotham. Are they, though? In one form or another. Huh? In one form or another. Not everybody, but there's always somebody. I feel like most of them are just trying to, like, rob the place or get rich or, yeah, like, I feel like most of the, like, I don't know. Like, well, I guess you have Ra's al Ghul, but his thing is kind of the world. He doesn't settle for a city. Right. But, but yeah, I could see him, and I think he'd have some kind of fascination with Oliver Queen, because Oliver's similar to Batman, but mm-hmm. not as smart, clearly. Yeah. Um, Superman, I think, would... Superman, I think, interests him just because of the how how much people love him. It's almost like a Lex Luthor fascination of him. Yeah, like the whole like because because he's the golden boy. I feel like he'd be obsessed because he's like the golden boy that is untouchable. Right. He'd want to he'd want to target him, which is almost why he targeted Batman because Batman is like the law and justice thing, or whatever. And he want he targeted him because he wants to try to like go counter to that. I feel like he would get the same vibe from from Superman because Superman is all the golden boy and he'd want to go there to try to dirty him up. Yeah, I agree. Other than that, I don't really see anyone in the DC universe that Anarchy would want to have conflict with. Like I said, he's pretty similar to the Joker. He thinks <laughs> on a similar scale, except for the psychopathness. That's the only yep. difference that I see. Where Joker's completely unpredictable, and Anarchy, for the most part, is pretty predictable of what you know what he's trying to accomplish. Joker, I don't even think he knows half the time what he's doing, like what his plan is. He's he's a master improviser, mm-hmm. and he knows how to get out of every situation. Yeah, there's even, there's even always Justice, an route. even in like the Justice League show. Like when the uh, they're all the villains are fighting the heroes and Joker somehow got matched up with Wonder Woman <laughs> in the fight. Like everyone's kind of fighting each other and Joker's <laughs> like uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman's like, so you're just gonna give up or you actually want to fight me? And he's like, he's like, eh, I just thought I'd give you something. He's like, here, catch, and threw a dolly at him like a, a fucking doll, and the doll exploded. <laughs> It's like he has exploding dolls in his pocket. Like, what the hell? He's just prepared for everything. Right. And he was he's able got to... The, he's got the equivalent of Batman's utility belt, but in just exploding things. Uh-huh. Also, did you know that Beware the Batman episode, he ran back to the Batmobile to get his uh, utility belt? His extra yep. utility belt? Yep. I'm surprised they didn't, like, take that car. Like, it was just parked there still. Well, it was upside down. Right, but, I mean, they didn't even, like, confiscate it or bring it into the the lair or anything. Like, you'd think they would just leave it sit out there. But you think they <laughs> just have, like, a like the, the, there's an assassin tow truck or something? Yeah. 
Well, Rachel Gould like, seems like he's strong enough. He'd probably be able to lift it and just push uh, it over. It doesn't seem like yeah, it'd be that heavy. Yeah, yeah, but they had captured Batman at that point. They'd right, probably but be like, why would, want, I, why would I need to, why do we need to take care know, of this car if we have the man? Well, Rachel Gould didn't know that Batman was Bruce Wayne. He kept referencing Bruce Wayne in mm-hmm. the conversations. So he doesn't yeah. even know that they're the same person. Yeah. Which I can't believe they don't know that. Like, it seems like it'd be idiotic that they couldn't put that together by now. Because I, I kept, I kept and, expecting Ra's al Ghul to, like, at some point, like, lift his mask and just be like, huh, interesting. And just can carry on with, like, talking to Batman like he, it doesn't matter. I kind of, right. I kept expecting a moment like that for him to just, like, acknowledge that he knew who Bruce, or just, like, look at the mask and be like, ah, that makes sense. And then just put his mask right back. Just because, well, like, just to they... satisfy his own curiosity, but not, like, reveal it. Do you know how they did it in the animated series? Hmm. When they introduced Raish? Raish just walked into the Batcave. He just walked into it. While Batman <laughs> was sitting there, he didn't have his mask on or anything like that. He just walked in. He just walked into the Batcave. And he, Batman's yelling, like, intruder, how did you get in here? Like, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, he just, and then for the rest of the episode, he just kept referring to him as detective. And he had this entire episode planned out where his daughter got was kidnapped, and they needed a uh, he he went to Batman for help to help find his daughter. But at the end, the the kidnapper was actually Rachel Ghoul himself, and um, the entire the entire time, like Batman, he was just. He was visioning and just watching the way how Batman works. Hmm. He wanted to like learn about him more because he's looking for a successor. And yeah. then um, there's a scene every time that Batman would walk in front of Rachel Ghoul, Boo Boo would always call him an infidel and throw Batman to the ground. So there was one point in the episode where Batman was he walked in front of Rachel Ghoul. Boo Boo did not stop him. And it was like it was like a death trap, pretty much. And Batman was able to escape the death plan. And that's how that's when he figured out that Rachel Ghoul was the one who kidnapped his daughter, his own daughter, mm. because he said that well, Boo Boo was always yelling at me every time I stepped in front of you, and that one time he didn't, knowing that he knew the trap was coming, which means it was your lair, so it's your trap that you knew was coming. And he was mm. just like very. He's like, very well, very well done, detective. <laughs> it's interesting. Thinking that about that, you, that would be, that is kind of a flaw in his whole Batman persona. Is like, if you just took enough time, you could just pretty much follow the Batmobile back to the Batcave. Yeah, I, but I think he doesn't. But the Batmo, the Batcave is like, it's pretty well hidden. And I'm sure that he doesn't just take a normal route like sometimes he comes out from the sometimes he goes in the bat cave through going into the, the water sometimes uh he just drives into a forest and this door opens up like it's not connected it's not like he's driving it to wayne manor if mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying yeah like there's like there's multiple entrances a lot of different, but yeah, i feel but like none of them are connected to wayne manor like, none of them would be connected to Wayne Manor. Like, they're all way far away from Wayne Manor. Mm-hmm. I know, but, like, so theoretically, 
if someone just so let's say they're they like you just have a person who's just like I'm gonna find out who Batman is. Like let's say right. you're you're a reporter and you're like, yeah. I wanna know who Batman is. And you could just like be like, All right, he leaves the scene of the crime and he goes to this point, and this is where I lost track of him. And you just kinda like backtrack him until eventually if you just follow him backtrack from every time he leaves a crime scene, you backtrack him enough over and over if you took months doing this. You'd you'd have to find one of his entrances eventually, and if you find one of the entrances, you could break into an entrance. And you just true. Now the flaw, the the one thing about that is, even if you get into the Batcave, you still don't really know where you are until you go up to the manor. You have to go up to the manor, which is connected to mm-hmm. it. So, like, yeah, you could break into the Batcave, blah blah blah. But if he doesn't have anything in the Batcave that tells you he's Bruce Wayne, which I don't think he does, There, you wouldn't know unless you got into the manor. And, and you have to obviously punch in a code just to get into the manor. So mm-hmm. you'd have to follow Batman almost directly. Or you get lucky and you run into Alfred. And then you can kind of make the Okay, so GPS obviously exists in this universe. So, like, I don't know, if you just, you just go to the Batcave, you're standing like at Batcave, you pull up the GPS and it says you're at Wayne Manor. I feel like that might be a problem. Maybe you're, maybe the GPS wouldn't have service down there. Mm. This is all stuff that I'm sure Batman thought of. Maybe he blocked cell phone service in the basement, except for his own. Maybe okay. he has his own cell phone tower. I don't know. That, that would make sense on how phone. he contacted Gordon in the parking garage. Mm-hmm. That he didn't have service, but was able to get it... <laughs> He's able to contact yeah. him. Mhm. I don't know. Like, I I feel like if it like I feel like a dedicated reporter could find out who Batman is. And so, okay, so let's say you you find the Batcave, and you just go and you hang out in the Batcave. A Batman shows up, and what does he do then? He just was like, he can't kill you. No, what he does drugs he do? you, like and then he drops he you drops off back you at your house. And, Probably. And then what? You just back do it again and just break into his back cave over and over again. I don't once know. you found the back, once you found the back cave, once you can find it again. Right, but I, I think you're, I think you're obviously reading way too much into this. But I get what you're trying. I get what you're trying to do. Um. I don't, know. I don't know. We're just uh, we're just uh, talking hypothetical Batman's here, right? I don't know. I, I feel like in this specific universe, um, they don't know who he is because uh, I don't even know where Wayne Manor is really located. Like, I don't think it's actually in Gotham. I feel like it's on the outskirts of something, like. Yeah. With other manners and shit like that. Like I don't yeah, feel like it's in like the, the city. It's probably in like the rich area outside of town or something like that. Right. Which I'm sure you have to have probably weird access just to get into those areas. And to get into the Bat Cave, um, I'm sure I don't think there's just this open area that you could just walk into. I feel like it would be uh, the only way you're getting in is if you're getting in when the doors open while Batman's getting in and he does not see you, which he's going to see you because I'm mm-hmm. sure he's got alarms and everything. 
in case something like that happens. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. It but just seems I, having a physical location tied so closely to like where you live just seems like a flaw. Yeah. Unless he doesn't think it's that important. Mm-hmm. If the police are never looking for him because he because they work with him, no one's looking for him. So the only people that would be trying to figure out who he is are reporters, and reporters can be dealt with. It's they, they have to have a security. Yeah, but I'm saying they, they could be dealt with. They're not as um they're not the police. Like they don't have access to that kind of stuff. So it'd be it'd does be he, difficult. Does he own the paper? He might. He like, might that'd own be his interesting. own newspaper. Maybe maybe he owns his own paper or whatever and he just makes sure like none of the reporters get too curious. Mm-hmm. Or like I said, like as he's Batman for so long, maybe it's just not as important. Maybe the government, like I mean, Amanda Waller knew she was Bruce, he was Bruce Wayne the whole time. That's a major government organization. But to him, mm-hmm. to her, she she didn't think it was important enough. I mean, there was even a scene where they that she threatened to turn him in, and then he said, "I'll turn you in too, and we could both walk into the light together." Like, mm-hmm. go ahead, turn me in, do what you got to do. Like the um, the only person he's worried about is Alfred at that point. Yeah. So I mean, I I don't know. I don't I don't really have the the answer for you, but I get. Uh, there isn't an answer. That's the entire point. Right. Right. This is just hypothetical conversations because I'm right. Right. Yeah. I'm amusing like myself. Are listening. I think if anyone's still listening to this podcast right now, I, I commend you because I would have turned this off by now. Because like these two nerds are literally talking about nothing at this point. <laughs> like, but that's the it's, inti- it's, ner- if, hey, it's hypothetical nerd talk. At if this, this <laughs> isn't the most, if this isn't, if they haven't, if they, this part of the conversation is what turns them off, I can't, I don't know how they made it through any of our other podcasts. That's very true. That's very true. But uh, next week, what do we got? Next week, we'll be discussing four more episodes of Beware the Batman. And those episodes are going to be Monsters, Games, Animal, and Doppelganger. I think Games is a return of Humpty Dumpty. Okay. I think it looks like. Do we want to? Do I? Do you want me to spoil? I, I I see pictures from each of these episodes. Do I want to spoil what these episodes are about? I mean, that's up to you. But I, I'd say no. We'll just save okay. it for next week. All right. But I, I think I think games sounds familiar because I think that's the that that saw like house place I was talking about earlier the last couple okay. episodes ago. I think right. that's that All one because right. it's it's a good one. I just remember it. I think Tobias Wales in it too. Okay. I will say I will say my 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 favorite character's back. Which one's your favorite? 
Anarchy? I'm kidding. Um, oh, uh, Black Canary? No. Magpie, right? That's your favorite? Magpie, really? I thought that was your favorite. <laughs> no, I, I don't really like Magpie. Magpie's your girl, like, man. Magpie's your girl, I guess. I don't know. I, I like Pick and Toad. <laughs> I don't oh, know. I, 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 yep, there's, it looks like there's going to be another Cypher episode. Ugh. Episodes are fucking dumb. Okay, that's fine. I, I I think he's such a dumb villain. That's just that's just me. But you like him, that's cool. I uh, I wouldn't say he's my favorite, but I do enjoy him. Okay, yeah, he's probably the one I enjoy the least. Uh, with that, I'm uh, I almost forgot my name. I'm Andrew Karachi alongside Andrew Quimby. With the delayed response there. And we'll be back next week for Beware the Backcast. Beware. 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 Beware the Backcast. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I don't know. That's not what I was going to do. But <laughs> just have a full-blown conversation with myself. <laughs> um, not that.